Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. Welcome to Theme Park Films Podcast. This week we will be discussing Jurassic World and the kind of tie-in ride um, in Orlando, Jurassic Park The Ride, or I believe something adventure, water adventure or something. Um, The Ride opened in Islands of Adventure in May 1999. And I'm joined, I'm Carla, and I'm joined by Holly. Hello. When was the first time you were on the ride? Well, I just think, just thinking back, just what you said then, 1999. Mm. I mean, that's ridiculous. Didn't know it was that old. Yeah, now I'm thinking maybe I should look up the date. (laughs) (laughs) It it was 1999. I, I am correct on that. And... I mean, I'm shocked by that, and I actually think then it's really stood the test of time. That yeah, ride. I, mean, um, I believe the ride opened a few years earlier than that, actually, in LA. I might be wrong, but I'm fairly certain LA had it before Orlando did. So, yeah, considering it's that old, what we're we looking at, nearly 20 years. Uh, yeah, I think it's very good. I I can't remember the first time I went on the ride. I think I remember, I don't know, I mustn't have been that old, but I do remember it being really, really scary. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, the last time I went, I mean, I must have been there a couple of years ago, three years ago or so. Um, I still really enjoy it. Well, I, I have to admit, I've only done it once. Um, and I've only done it in LA. I've, I've never done the Orlando one um, because it terrified me, <laughs> quite frankly. And um, I'm, I, for someone ho- hosting a, a theme park podcast, um, I'm not very good on rides. Um, I don't know what we're going to do when we get to the Hulk because I won't be able to tell you what happens on that ride, that's for sure. Um, but Jurassic Park is one of my favourite films. And when I went to LA, uh, I went with my friend Angela and I got myself really psyched up. And we got there as soon as the park opened and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I was jet lagged. I, you know, I said, I'm just going to do it. And she was like, let's just do it immediately. You know, first rise of the day, get it over with. And yeah. You know, because I really wanted to see the rest of it. I wasn't interested in the drop. I just really wanted to see, like, the geeky side, I suppose, the, the animatronics and, and all of that, because I'm a little bit sad with dinosaurs. So I I went on it, and I was really hyped up, like, in a state of practical frenzy, I would say. Um, and then the drop happened, and I honestly thought I was going to die. And we got off the ride. I could barely walk. I had to lean on her. And she had to take me and buy me a coffee and reassure me that I hadn't had a stroke and broken all my ribs. (laughs) And looking back, she probably had a point. I don't think I did have a stroke. And I believe my my ribs, you know, maybe not even fractured if I look back on it now. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the drop I mean it's an 85 foot drop that, that's quite high um, it, it is um, does that bother you? I, I do think though 
it every time I go on it, it does surprise me how steep it is. I thought, you know, that when I like get really old, like, you know, really old, like 80, and then I might just go on that ride just as the last thing I ever do. Just as a nice way out. The last thing I see is a dinosaur. Yeah. I don't know if Universal are going to want you to do that. <laughs> I don't know whether they want to. It's, oh, no, it's fine. She knew she was going to die, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. It wasn't yeah. you. It might not be best for the people on the ride with me, I grant you. Yeah. And or talks if someone time. wants to try and sue them, you know, that is just... Well, no, I'd make sure they didn't get sued for it. It should, you know, be my own doing. I mean, there's enough warnings. I think it's, other than the Back to the Future ride, RIP, I think it's probably got the most uh, warnings on any ride going. I mean, the list is insane of things that you shouldn't get on there if you've got. But, you know, I, I, I think, what, how did you enjoy it up until the, the drop? Up until the drop. I liked um, I liked that you went through like the big brown gates and that you see the yeah. like, dinosaur. It's all very serene, isn't it? It's very serene when you first go in. And yeah. uh, your boat goes off course, which kind of reminded me of sort of Jaws. Yeah. Ride, you know, and you see another boat capsized. And again, that was kind of Jaws-esque. But I did notice, and I really like the touch, that there was an abandoned, uh, like, Mickey Mouse ears on the side. Well, it was obviously a little bit of a, little bit of a, a, a fun jive at Disney that someone had been eaten that was wearing a Mickey Mouse hat. That, that, I thought that was quite funny. Unless it really was just dropped in the water. Yeah, yeah. There was no joke there. That it wasn't a joke. It was just, yeah, a, an awful tragedy. Do you know, I think with the ride and the film, there is something I would say, well, you know, because we're talking about Jurassic World. Um, both of them seem very believable to me. Like the ride, the ride, you know, you do get a bit caught up with it. You know, even I've been on it numerous times. But, you know, even that, you know, that drive or that, you know, when you're boating around and it's very serene and you sort of do feel like you could be on a sort of, a bit of a dinosaur safari and then obviously it's like oh no we're going off course and it's like you do get a bit like oh you know it, it does all feel quite it's, well it's not um they don't ham it up like no. some of the rides um are quite hammed up by a tour guide which obviously they don't have because i shouldn't imagine anyone could sustain doing <laughs> that, many drops. that many times a day but i think the fact that you don't have a tour guide and you're kind of on your own in a way makes it i don't know that little bit more believable yeah that, that the only thing about the ride which i find annoying and i i don't know whether it's because like i said it you know it's been on it a few times now is um when the sort of box drops on your uh, over your head with a dinosaur in it with the raptor in it yeah yeah that's silly maybe because i know it's you know it's, it's coming and it's i don't know a little bit yeah apart from that i think it's a very good ride it's the fact that it's so old and it's still i mean even now it would scare me i mean i go on yeah, I'm quite happy with roller coasters, but that is probably still one of the rides I'd be a bit like, oh, God, like, you know, makes your stomach go. You, you possibly wouldn't go on it, you know, uh, after after a big lunch. No. So I probably did the right thing going on it at the start of the day. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's a, it's strange. When I was on there last time, actually, there was two children, and they were very young, like about five. Who oh, were. really? Yeah. I don't know, because it's quite, um, you know, when you, you, just, you see the T-Rex in front of you, I mean, other than the, the drop, which I shouldn't imagine, I don't know if that's recommended, drop that, that high for, for five-year-olds. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of a little bit scary, isn't it? The raptors are quite scary, you know, the T-Rex at the end, when you kind of, he opens his mouth and then you just drop. Yeah. It's a bit intense. Yeah, it is. And everyone screams on that ride. I mean, there's, you know, it's quite a frenzied atmosphere, isn't it, to be involved in? It is. 
But, you know, I, I really enjoy it. I would probably say it's one of my favourite rides. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. See, I heard, and I don't know, again, this may be completely false, but I heard that when Steven Spielberg rode the ride, he requested to get off before the drop. And they let him. They stopped it. He just wanted to see like the rest of it. And that's kind of where I want my status in life to be. That I can be that big. That I can go on it and say, oh, just stop here. And then I just pop off. And then everyone else plunges to their doom. Whilst I just go through. I would, yeah, I'd continue going. Yeah, I'd, I'd leave you. you. You can just plunge. And I would, you know... Just, just slink out the back, really. Yeah. So I think that's quite. If that's true, I think that's quite a quite a cool story. Yeah, and there you go, life goals as well. So that's good. Yeah. So that's that's my my main goal now is to get to that. What goal. a goal to have! <laughs> it's a great. Yeah. Um, okay, so on to the film. So we've decided to do um, Jurassic World. Um, which is the the fourth instalment of the franchise. Um, it was released in the USA on the 9th of June 2005, and we got it in the UK two days later on the 11th of June 2005. What were your thoughts when you first saw it? I mean, again, I think I need to say I cannot believe the film is that old. 2000. 2015. Did I say 2005? I did, didn't I? Yeah. I might also re-record that bit. I was like, my life is just flashing, flashing before my eyes. I love that you actually believed it. You didn't call me out on it. You're like, is it that old? I'll go with it. You're the expert. I just that's what she says. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that, and I will just I will just say the the dates again with the correct dates. You see, I think you should keep that because, you know, some people will be like me and initially they'll be like, 2005, oh my God. And then, then you know. Yeah, and then, okay, <laughs> add a bit of suspense, a bit of twist. It's 2015. Right, so now we know it's 2015. Okay, not quite as impressive. It's not as old as I thought it was. Um, Are you going to make me keep that in just so that I look an idiot? Yeah. Obviously, okay, carry on. Um, I, before I get into it, I just need to ask a couple of questions because I was, I was trying to kind of work it out and I couldn't really remember and stuff. So obviously I have seen the original Jurassic Parks, but I can't really remember them that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously at the beginning of the film, when they get there, they go through the gates, don't they? The famous Jurassic Park gate. So the park... The original Jurassic Park was there, was it? I believe it's the same island. Okay. But, and, and this is a, a perfect segue, actually, because um, there is a very good podcast. Don't, don't turn off now and listen to them. But afterwards, if you would like to search Spielberg podcast, um, it's a fantastic podcast, and they review every single one of Steven Spielberg's films. And they go way more into depth than we will ever go on the ins and outs of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World and all the uh, ones in between. So um, if you do want any facts, please go and check them out. Um, I think it's just one guy, actually, that you also know guest stars on. And uh, he's very, very good. So I would say any facts, check them out and don't take anything we say seriously. (laughs) As far as I know... um, I believe this one was set on on the original island. I think third was on a different um, island, and I think second may have been on a different island. Okay. I but okay. I, I think this was the original. Right. So that clears that up for me. Thank you. That's okay. Go and listen to someone else who's basically <laughs> what I told you to do. You're doing the wrong podcast. Um... I think the film, again, is very good. I think that it really, you know, there's just the small details that I really enjoy. So 
obviously the, your main sort of street that you have going into sort of the Jurassic Park, it kind of does feel like a Universal Studios-esque place. You know, I like that they've got Margaritaville and, you know, other other named shops and cafes. Mm-hmm. You can sort of really imagine it being, you know, being able to go there. Yeah, I mean, you see sort of quite a few brand names banded around in there. There's a Starbucks in there and you see quite a lot of product placement for for Coca-Cola and I think uh, Baskin Robbins was in there as well or it might have been Ben and Jerry's but and some Pepsi products just okay didn't didn't see them but uh maybe I only had eyes for the Coca-Cola ones um but yeah there was uh there's quite a lot of product places so I think they made it quite real in that sense that kind of it, it could have been a real theme park and even, you know, the rides and stuff where it's, you know, that one where you can go and ride the, like the petting zoo um, sort of thing. That was really cute. Yeah. Um, and the one where obviously it was a little bit like, I guess, like a Shamu. Oh, okay. Yeah, like they, they kind of did the sea world. Uh, yeah. And so- I thought it was very good how it moved, the seats moved down. Well, should start doing that. I mean, they're in dire straits at the moment, aren't they? You know, maybe if they started offering such a service and then more people, you know, might forgive them and start going there. Oh, they might. They should have watched the film. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was that was fantastic. Um, and the, the creature featured in that was apparently a Mosasaurus, which was actually a real dinosaur. Oh. Once. I don't think it was officially a dinosaur. I think it was like from a giant lizard thing, which they all are they all from, aren't they? I don't know. Um, again, probably read a history book rather than uh, take that. But yeah, it was called a, a Mosasaurus. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it was actually uh, something that did exist at some point. Um, thank you. You're welcome. But, yeah, so I, I really liked that about it. I, there was a few things which I just sort of, I, I mean, I questioned, actually. Um, I think that the fact that I don't really get why the parents didn't go. No, I mean, because it, it appeared at the start of the film to be sort of Christmas time or certainly winter. It was smoky. Yeah, it was, because there was Christmas music playing. Yeah, so um, why are they just left the trip? But they were apparently getting divorced as well. Yeah. That was kind of the the underlying thing. So maybe they were trying to sort out their problems without the kids there. I don't know. It wasn't really delved into, was it? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I found that a bit... That was just a question. I found it strange that throughout the thing, obviously... They hadn't seen their aunt for seven years. Yeah. And then she, I mean, obviously, admittedly, she would. You know, there's there's dinosaurs running around the place. But she then got very, kind of, very attached to the, the nephews. Yes. Very quickly. Um, and I just sort of found that a bit weird, how it kind of went from, you know, like, nothing to about 100 very quickly. Yeah, she suddenly uh, felt very attached to them, even though she didn't even know how old they were. Yeah. Clearly didn't know what they looked like, by the fact she looked surprised to see them. Um, and she yeah. Them off with, or didn't take any time off. Well, yeah, she, she palmed them off with uh, Zara, the very British-sounding nanny. Yeah. Um, which... I guess was all part of us thinking that she's this hard-nosed businesswoman at the start um, with little emotional attachment to to anything. And then uh, I think you kind of see her getting emotional when you see um, the dinosaurs are dead after they've been killed and blah, blah, blah. And I, I think it's kind of an arc for her character isn't it more than anything but yes it, it did happen rather quickly <laughs> um i thought there were you know 
again, it is going back to that detail thing, but there were small things. You know, like about them kayaking down the river, I just thought it looked lovely. Yeah, yeah. Just really nice. It did really annoy me that the eldest boy, mm. he kind of just, probably a little bit, I guess, like you at the um, at Epcot with your Walkman. I just sort of thought, just, you know, why can't you just be in the moment a bit more? Yeah. Just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I guess he was uh, just a typical teenage boy, really, with little interest in, in anything. And I'm staring at, at, at girls. And, girls. You know, we, we, we texted about this the other night, and it, it was a fair point you brought up when you were watching it, that why was this park, which is clearly very expensive to go to, um, full of teenage girls without their families it just didn't it didn't make sense to me because it's in costa rica so unless you're local and you're going to get a boat over for the day Mm. it's quite an effort to get there it's quite an effort and you know I, i i don't think many teenage girls would would want to go to a dinosaur park no and not the teenage girls that, that were there. They look like they'd want to be shopping. Yeah, they look like they look like the typical all American teenage girls, mean girls esque. They didn't look like the kind of goths that you would imagine. And you know, I, I used to like dinosaurs. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not saying there's anything wrong in that. But I, I also didn't look like those girls in the film. I just can't imagine it was, it was their idea of fun. And, you know, the odd one or two, fine, yeah. but it was a lot. But, yeah, there did seem to be a high, a high proportion of them. Um, and the other thing I noticed was they had VIP parties. Um, but at one stage, I, I thought they were queuing for a ride. When they, were queuing. <laughs> they were queuing for that one where they then decide to go off-road in. Yeah, um, because they had, like, the, the magic band, which they obviously called them something else, but they were clearly a, a nod to the Disney magic bands, Fast Pass, whatever they, they're now called. Um, and they were supposed to bypass all the queues, but he was leering at, at the girl in the queue. Was he just queuing up to leer? Very odd. It was odd. What were they doing in the queue? And that um, really annoyed me when they were in that ride, and he just is like... Oh, let's just go off road. Yeah. Like, regardless of whether you know what's happened or not, you are in a park with dinosaurs. And even if you haven't, you know, even if it's not T Rex wandering around, they are absolutely massive and probably could just sort of like stand on the ball. Yeah. I just think it was just very. Well, I just. It annoyed me. I just thought it was very childish and a very pathetic thing to do, actually. Yes. I concur on that one. Um, I guess we should touch on the uh, Indominus Rex and uh, kind of where that came into the film. So, at the start, and then you get you get the guest appearance, and I don't know if you sort of picked up on it because it was B.D. Wong who plays Henry and he was in the original film and he almost plays it like a dastardly villain in this one um, where he says Oldie oh, and Dominus wasn't bred it was created and it, I just loved the delivery of the line it was just so hammed up it was fantastic but Around that time was something I picked up on that that they keep saying throughout the film, which I think is a really odd thing they keep coming back to. So Claire's showing these uh, VIPs or investors or whoever they are around the park. And she says, no one's interested in dinosaurs anymore. They need something bigger, blah, blah, blah. They need more teeth. And the more teeth thing was mentioned three or four times throughout the film. I just think that's a really odd phrase. 
Quite not that odd. It really bothered me. Uh, they say it again about two or three times during it, but the thing that bothered me the most was at the end with Bray, where he starts counting as they're about to be eaten and says, we need more teeth. Yes. Is that not a weird... Why did he just say we need a, a, a bigger dinosaur? Uh, you know, we need more teeth? So it's, just an, uh, it's, it's almost like he's giving them a clue, but not actually... You know, yeah, it's like, are we, what are we sort of like, what are you doing, like leaving crumbs of clues around? Just yeah, exactly. Don't, you know... Don't just, you know, give me give me a piece of information that I've got to try and work out. Yeah, while being attacked. Yeah, I just found it a very, very odd kind of turn of phrase to say, but I found Grey to be odd throughout the entire film, not least because he was called Grey. <laughs> Why did you find him odd? I just thought he was an odd kid. Did you not find him odd? He dressed odd? He was like in a little shirt and stuff. Do kids wear that? Then kids just wear t-shirts. Well, they can wear shirts, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm buying that. I'm not sure a 10-year-old walks around in a shirt. I I, I'm not sure I've seen that. I did say, though, that they were both unlikable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I actually like the older one more than the younger one. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, even though the older one was ridiculous and going off-road and blah, blah, blah. He was a teenager and it's the kind of stupid thing that perhaps you would do as a teenager. I don't know. I think that, we, you know, what we have to go back to is actually this whole thing of, of how that dinosaur got out. Well... What I find odd is, so they're, they're looking in the paddock with, with Owen, Chris Pratt, and they think he's escaped. Or she's escaped, because they're all female, aren't they, the dinosaurs? Um, so they think she's escaped, and while she rushes off to check this, they go into the pet. They actually walk into the paddock while she's still checking where where she is wouldn't wouldn't you wait until you got confirmation she was definitely out before walking into it uh well yeah and and i and i did actually flag this to adam i said um i find it a little bizarre how you walk in and you go and look at something um and there's not sort of a like where the main door is for the for the dinosaur to come in and out there's not just a small human door <laughs> yes. Why did they build the door big enough? Like, why? Why is that your only option out from there? Why wouldn't you just do a little door where only only a human could get out of? It's a very good point. Because the security guard really, he did all of that. Yeah. Because there'd be an element where you'd sort of say. I, I went in here, I was too busy eating lunch earlier to notice what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, do you know, am I going to risk everybody's lives or am I just going to risk my own? Do you think he was the kind of security guard to step up like that? <laughs> well, well, no, and then it was actually very satisfying when he died. Okay. Because I just thought, again, it's like it's just stupidity and you deserve it. Yeah, he was kind of, uh, it reminded me a little bit of the death in the, in the first film where the guy was eaten while sitting on the toilet. It was kind of the, just the way he was picked up off the ground and just gnawed upon. <laughs> uh, if only he'd thought to put some petrol on himself like Owen did, um, he could have avoided such catastrophe. Well, exactly. But that wasn't really mentioned again, that the whole petrol... Thing that, that he had petrol all over him. Um, yeah, no one went, God, you stink. Yeah, why do you smell of petrol? Or gas. Yeah. I guess they would call it out there. Um, so basically, and then uh, the, the dinosaurs escaped. But um, because there's $26 million invested in the Indominus, they won't kill it. 
and they say it's four miles from the nearest attraction so they send out the uh, squad team with non-lethal weapons. Well, fine, you don't want to kill it. Like, that's understandable. But I don't really understand why you wouldn't just get three helicopters, get in a helicopter and shoot it that way. Mm-hmm. From up above, rather than standing in front of it. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. just, I just sort of thought, like, for goodness sake, it's like you're just falling at the last hurdle. Yeah. You know, uh, done all this, and did it really have to get quite as excessive? It was a little unfortunate. So then Owen um, asked them to, uh, or demands that they evacuate the island, and Claire says, we would never reopen. So again, she's just thinking about her career and, you know, possible catastrophe that's going to ensue. Um, with the park and she decides to only close off part of it and that's when she suddenly remembers she's got nephews and tries to get home and, and she remembers that she loves them very much yeah doesn't bother with them but now she loves them very much so you you cut to and i like this part actually and this goes back to the detail that it cuts back um to the boys in the hamster ball and it's Jimmy Fallon playing on like their little screen, talking to them about dinosaurs. And that's such a, a thing that does happen in theme parks, that you get a celebrity talking to you through things like in um, uh, Epcot. And then you've got Ellen DeGeneres does the dinosaur adventure or whatever it's called. And Whoopi Goldberg does the uh, backstreet or backlot tour in uh, LA or used to when I went there. So I thought that was quite a nice touch that they've managed to get a celebrity guest star in as one of the uh, the ride speakers. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah, I did like that actually. I did note that down. Jimmy Fallon. I mean, not not such a big name here, but in America. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so then they go after the boys, blah, blah, blah. Um, and to cut a long story short, um, the owner, I can't remember his name. Was it Mr. Lazardi? I've got no idea. I cannot remember. He goes that. up in a helicopter and... Um, makes it worse. Makes it worse. The pterodactyls escape, which are the flying dinosaurs. And... Uh, they all start flying towards the park. And on that, actually, I just want to say, um, the glass isn't very strong. Yeah. Because the helicopter, I know that obviously a helicopter crashing into it would have done a bit of damage, but, you know, for it to go sort of, it just sort of like fell through quite easily and then the dinosaur sort of went in as well. I just sort of thought, like, maybe we need a little bit more safety. I, yeah, I mean, I would think they would have more than glass. They would have, like, some kind of wire meshing as well that they, even if the glass broke, they wouldn't have been able to fly out. Yeah, even just a net, you know, just anything, something. Anything. It seems a little unlikely they would risk that. Because they could, you know, they could fly anywhere. Well, this is the thing. It's not really ever picked up on, is it? Where did they go? Because... You, you know, you see them initially attack everyone, and you know, we're, I'm sure we'll touch on the, uh, the quote horrendous death of Zara. But um, where do they go after that? They kind of just disappear. Yeah, never to be spoken about again. Yeah, it's it's not really mentioned. What I would have liked to have seen would have been that you know they think at the end they're safe with you know the T-Rex as, as thought of the Indominus and then they all get eaten by a pterodactyl or something because they've forgotten they're still out or even or even one you know like where you're just said they're just sat there and then they're relaxing and then it just comes up and just like grabs one of them or, or maybe it just comes up and just we see it just behind them and then it cuts and you're like oh okay that would have been a good way to end it they're not really safe or it sort of heads for, like, mainland or something, you know? I don't know. Well, it could do, and that could be Jurassic Park 
or Jurassic World 5 or Jurassic, you know, whatever they're going to call it. And then that could be the, the fifth film because there are pterodactyls around the place. Who knows where they've gone? Well, yeah, because it was uh, never spoken about. No, I, I did find that, that quite odd. Um, that kind of after after the initial thing, and then it just cuts to sort of night time very quickly, where they're um, taking the raptors out to, to hunt for the Indominus. Um, and what was all that about... <laughs> was it Hoskins, was that his name, that wanted to take the raptors to war instead of soldiers? Yeah, that was strange. And then desperately wanted to use them. Yeah, I'm not sure that would be allowed. Maybe now with with uh, Donald Trump, and then it could be a thing. I don't know. Um, but I, I hardly, uh, I hardly think that ever would have been allowed. Certainly not under Obama. I can't imagine him going for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> it seems a little, a little bit out there for an idea. Um, you know, when they're kind of frowning upon all sorts of things, but they would let dinosaurs go and eat the enemy um so yeah i, I thought that was a, a little bit of an odd subplot going on but he gets eaten anyway so i guess we don't need to think about him again and i i, I do think one of the main things about it all was that there really was a lack of presence from management when this was all going on well, yeah, I mean, we saw one get killed in, in the helicopter crash, obviously, and then there was Claire. But were, were they the, the two highest, I guess? But where were the other managers? I mean, a theme park that size must have several heads of department. And I just, it just felt chaotic. Yeah. Like there was never a plan. It was never a, okay, as soon as they get into this vicinity, you need to start shooting the dinosaurs. You know, it's like when the flying ones came. Um I mean, it was a good while before anyone took any action. Yeah. And people were literally being picked up and eaten. Which, yeah, which leads us to, to, to Zara, which got quite a lot of um, controversy when the reviews came out and, and online. Uh, apparently she was the first woman ever to be killed in the franchise, eaten by a dinosaur. Um... I, I didn't really, maybe there's something wrong with me, I didn't find it that disturbing, to be honest. I, I thought it was done in quite a, I thought it was supposed to be quite a humorous way. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really bother me. Um, I, I think it's very, you know, obviously that massive thing that lives in the water gets fed quite regularly. But, you know, she was sort of like, I wouldn't even say she was in the water, particularly at the point where he came and grabbed her. So, I mean, there's a danger there again that it could have happened at any point. You know, someone just sort of hanging over the side of the pool and it might have, yeah. might have grabbed you. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point, actually. Um, so, yeah, so, the, so she, she meets a sticky end um, and gets eaten pretty much alive because I think you probably just swallowed her whole. Yeah. Uh, which is, I, I guess, that is quite grim, really. Um, but they do uh, cut to some quite light relief afterwards in the control room where you've got, uh, I don't know their names in the film, but uh, Laura Lapkus and Jane Johnson, so the, the woman from Orange is the New Black and the guy from New Girl, where they go to have a kiss. Yes. And then she's like, Oh no, I've got a boyfriend. And I, I thought that was very, very good. That was very funny. Yes, I liked that as well. And I think also at the beginning of the whole thing, when like when the um, the flying ones come. Sorry, I don't know any of the names of these dinosaurs. That's okay. When you just see the man quickly pick up his two margaritas <laughs> and run inside. Um, and again, it's like it's that attention to detail because nobody's going to pay, you know, like twelve dollars for a margarita and leave it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard, uh, I've heard people saying that that, that he was noticed, and uh, it's funny in all that chaos that you, you do pick up on him. But it's probably the most natural reaction of everyone. That's yeah. probably what most people would do in that situation. Yeah, especially when they they paid for overpriced cocktails at a theme park, you know. 
Which was probably, uh, you pay the extra to keep the glass. It was probably one of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That you always get caught up in. And then when you're flying home, you think, how the hell am I going to get this giant hard rock cafe glass into my case? And yeah. when I drink this amount of liquid whilst I'm at home anyway. Yeah. Sat next to my Bubba Gump one, you know? <laughs> Oh, and then you get it home, it never comes out the cupboard. It just sits there getting dusty, really. But you don't want to throw it away because, you know, it reminds me of, you know, the holiday. Yeah, one and, day I might use it. Yeah, never do. No. Obviously, because they're ridiculous size. <laughs> um, okay, so um, where are we cutting to now? So they go after them with the raptors, and it seems that the raptors are part Indominus. Or the Indominus is part Raptor, should I say. Uh, so they kind of had a conflict of interest between do they obey Owen or do they obey the Indominus? And um, they go for Owen. Which, yeah. You know, which is, I think, you know, he's he's known them since they were babies, hasn't he? Yeah, he's kind of, he's brought them up. Um, what did make me laugh was when they're all standing there right right near the very end. So after, after the chase has happened in the van and they've got away and everything else, and then it's just the four of them remaining in the park. I don't know where everyone else is. Did they all go on the boat? I don't know. Um, but there appears to only be four people left in the boat and the guy in the control centre, sorry, left in the park. And the, the Indominus arrives and you've got the two raptors and then Owen gives the whistle as an attack signal. Surely you would never have taught them an attack signal because the whole point of it was that he was trying to breed it out of them, wasn't he? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's rather dangerous they've got an attack signal. And I think actually in that in that whole piece at the end, when they obviously go to the point where they're going to go and get T-Rex, sorry if I'm jumping ahead, um, she runs to Paddock 9. And I just, I just sort of thought the T-Rex has got to be, that's got to be the one that pulls the crowds in. Yeah. It has to be. Mm-hmm. And I just think really you're just going to call it Paddock 9. <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't be one. You know, it wouldn't be something a little bit more prestigious. It annoyed it's me a, again. A good point that I would never have picked up on. And there was another thing actually. They called through and and earlier on in the film when when it was all kicking off. You know, when it was about to get bad, she called through a code nineteen, and a, that obviously means sort of you know animal out of the cage. Yeah. And again, I just thought, if I was sort of, you know, if you, it's obviously not going to be a regular number that gets shouted to you. Yeah. A code 19 doesn't fill me with fear. No. Maybe a code one. Uh, you yeah. Know, that, that sounds a little bit more dramatic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is it that there's 18 things worse? <laughs> yeah. Escaping. Yeah. I just thought, weird. Yeah. Don't know if anyone else picked up on that. I guarantee no one else did, but I like the fact that you did. And uh, I'm going to look at it in a in a whole new light the next time I watch it. <laughs> well, yeah, do. I will do. And then this whole T-Rex thing, actually, when she goes to go and get T-Rex, fine. You know, we need more teeth. Go yeah. and get them. Um. The fact that it's night time, I don't, I don't know that much about dinosaurs. Are they nocturnal? I don't know. But the fact that the gate opens, and obviously, I mean, T-Rex might have, might have woken or whatever to be like, oh, what's that noise? But he's practically sat behind the gate waiting. <laughs> and all she has to do is just hold, hold her thing and start running and he's there. Yeah, because it, uh, uh, yeah, it would be quite a big uh, paddock, 
he's a T-Rex, he's massive. Or she, I keep saying he, but they're all they're all girls. That was explained in the first film, so they don't breed. They're all they're all made to be girls. Oh, right. um, yeah, I, uh, but yeah, so yeah, so it's it's a good point. Why why was she just waiting there? And the fact that this animal um, can run quite fast, but not yep. as fast as Claire and Hills. <laughs> and again, another thing that, that's been picked up on, and, and quite uh, like serious debates about it, about it being sexist, uh, that she was wearing heels. But to be fair, I mean, obviously it's ridiculous that she could outrun anything in those heels. But I, I do believe she was wearing heels because she was at work when it happened. And she probably didn't think when she went to work that morning, I need to put on my sketches just in case. Um, a dinosaur escape so I think it's believable she had heels whether she would have kept them on for as long as she did is certainly debatable yeah I mean I think I'd have rather have gone barefoot I think it would have been the safer option because I, I definitely think at one point you'd have been running and you you would have 100% you know that point where you just get you sort of just topple on your side a bit yeah and that would have happened, and then you'd have been, like, hobbling around because your foot hurts. You would have turned an ankle. Yeah. yeah. Most definitely. Um, it was funny because uh, as I was about to uh, record this, I texted my mum and asked her what she thought of the film, and she just said, the woman was too cocky. I, that, uh, that was her review. I, and I, I agree. It, yeah. When she when she sort of undid her shirt and buttoned it, you know, did a, a knot yeah. in it. And when he was like, what does that mean? And I thought, yeah. good on you. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't think she was a very likeable character. I, I found him likeable. Yeah. Um, and I like him as an actor. And I'm surprised that... Uh, I don't know if you ever saw Parks and Recreation, but I can barely believe it's the same person. Um, but her, I, I, I didn't really warm to the character. I didn't. And I think the most unbelievable thing of the whole, you know, even more so of, of the dinosaurs and stuff, was the fact that the two of them would have ever been on a date together. Highly unlikely, I They're would say. completely different people. I don't even know where they would have initially like crossed paths enough to warrant to be like let's go for a date yeah um just so different but you could just tell that they would both hate each other's personalities it just would never work no i i would i would agree with that and then the thing at the very end of the film obviously when the parents are there the next day where where is that? Uh, off the island. So I would guess off the island in um, you know maybe where you board the boat to go over. Like uh, I kind of got the impression it was a bit like Disney, you know, where you go into Disney World and then you get on a monorail or a boat, that kind of thing, to go over to the Magic Kingdom. That was the vibe I got from it. Okay. So I mean, I don't know where they are in the US, but let's just let's just say even they're Florida. They live in Florida. They obviously they weren't because it was snowing, but let's just say that the parents live in Florida. Um it's Christmas time. We know it is. We heard the music. The airports will be busy. They have somehow managed to get a flight to Costa Rica within less than probably, you know, I don't know, it just seemed, it kind of gave me those vibes, less than 12 hours after that whole incident ended. But there's 20,000 people that go to that park a day or something. Yeah. And a lot, I would imagine it's very catered to the US market um, Mm -hmm. because of, you know, the shops we saw and stuff. How did they get there that quick? Um, again, something I didn't think about. I, I don't think I thought about this film at all. I was too busy just enjoying the dinosaurs. Anybody that thought it would be a film about dinosaurs, I've just picked up on every other point. 
ignore the dinosaurs. What's going on with the rest of the stuff, you know? Well, what, what, what um, I found most unbelievable, which I know you agree with, is that Claire is not immediately imprisoned. Why is she even allowed to be there? She would be in prison, yeah. um, at least for questioning. Okay. Uh, there would have to be some government of, government officials there straight away. A hundred percent. I mean, there's so many Um she would definitely be in custody. There's no question. That, and possibly charged with manslaughter, I would imagine, since she was the second highest in command and didn't close the park immediately. I would say it makes her culpable. I completely agree. And the fact that she does all of that, and actually it's like, you know, if, if you went through on a court basis and they said, Okay, what did you do to prevent all of these things? What were your measures? Um, okay, you know, you said you didn't want to close park. Fair enough. You only wanted to close a bit of it. Oh, that's fine. Um, where were you when all of this was happening? Oh, I was running around trying to find my two nephews. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to put the life of your two nephews above the up to 20,000 people that are in that park. Doesn't... Well yeah, and she let a T-Rex out. I mean, they've got raptors and T-Rexes just wandering around this park now. How are they ever going to contain them? Yeah. You know, no one can go back on there unless, you know, they shoot from above and they are going to have to kill them. Yeah. It just seems to me a little unbelievable that she would just be sat there and also that her sister would give her a hug. I'm, I'm pretty sure... Her sister would not be cuddling her. Oh, yeah. And that everyone at the end did seem just quite relaxed. Like, no one was running up to her being like, you've killed my child. <laughs> you know, I feel that would have made the film end on a flat note. Well, I think it would have been a believable note. <laughs> it would have been very believable. But... Yeah, she probably would have had to have gone in hiding anyway, even if she wasn't taken into custody, because I'm pretty sure people would have wanted. I mean, God, you've seen how people react in, you know, theme parks, especially in England. You know, anything goes wrong and people get abused, shouted at, stuff, um, you know, and that's just because, you know, they've run out of something. Exactly. Uh, you know, or, or you know, in the queues too long, or, or whatever. They said this. This is without actually killing someone, yeah, or putting lives in danger. So I'm not sure she would just be sort of hanging out with the rest of them. And and you know, the amount of money you'd want back. Like I reckon, to go to Jurassic World would cost you. I reckon, you know, well into like the thousands, probably like 5,000 per person. It wouldn't shock me. That no. hotel room was nice that they were staying in. It was very nice. I mean, I, I know that they had VIP passes because they knew the management, but uh, nevertheless, you would have to stay on property, wouldn't you? Because it's yeah. so far away from everything else. So you would have no choice but to stay there. Which means then you've got to pay for food and for drinks when you're there, you know, or you do all-inclusive, and you've got to do it, really. I would imagine they have to sign some disclaimer that they can't sue the park if something goes wrong. But, um, yeah, I think this is probably outside of even a disclaimer's remit. What actually happened. And... Uh, like you said, no one really seemed traumatised. That was quite a quite a scary thing to to witness, even if you weren't personally attacked. That's so got to be quite scarring. <laughs> yeah. Just hanging around as if they were waiting like at an airport. Yeah, like completely unbothered with yeah. just someone with like a few scratches on their head. Yeah. You know, they had to like vacate and like leave all of their stuff. They won't get any of their stuff back. No one's, no one can go back onto that island. No, so there'll there'll be a, you know even down to loss of luggage. There'll be there'll be so many things to claim for. It will be an absolute catastrophe. Well, um, and yeah, she she would definitely be be in the nick. And somebody's got to be made an example of, and it would be her. 
It would have to be her. The other guy's dead. So I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do in the next film, um, whether whether it will be them visiting her in prison. I don't know. I would, I would like to see her in prison in the next film, and if she's not, I think it's ridiculous. Or even an acknowledgement that maybe she went in there for, like, a token amount of time. Yeah. You know, like, even a year. Yeah. Just so that she's done, you know, it's... it's you know, that's what comes with that power of job. You have to take that responsibility, really, don't you? Well, I mean, I would, I would imagine she was on a very good, ra- good wage in the first place. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say it was almost certain that she would have to take the fall for, for anything on that scale. We just got to wait to see what the next film brings us. I guess. I'm I'm looking forward to it already. <laughs> Me too. Is all I will say. So, um, where I don't know if we did this. Where did you first see the film? I, I, the... Yeah, I did. I did see it at the cinema actually. Did you? Yeah. I went and saw it on uh, on the opening weekend at. A ridiculous time in the morning. I think I went to like the half nine showing. A.M.? Yes. Gosh. Um, Was it busy? No. I was the only one in there. Yeah. Which I love. That doesn't shock me. No. <laughs> on, many, on many levels. <laughs> um, I saw it in, uh, in view in, uh, in Croydon. I mean, I, I saw it at the cinema. I, don't, I can't go into that level of detail of, of where, you know, when sort of thing. But you can't give me the showing time? I, <laughs> sadly not. I can tell you it's, it was probably view reading. That's about okay. as much as I remember. Um, but I did really enjoy it when I first saw it. And I have, I have seen it a couple of times since, actually, on DVD, which is rare for me because... Once I've seen a film, normally I don't really like to watch them over and over unless it's like an easy watch. But, yeah. I, you know, I think it's it, it's a, good, a very good film. I do really, I do really like it. And I think, I think it, can't, it probably appeals to us just because it is such a nod to the Orlando theme parks, Universal, yeah. Disney. There's so many little references to it. Um, that I, I think that makes it just that little bit more special. And I think it, you know, it's definitely a thing that um, Universal could could really take some of those rides and put them in the theme park. I, yeah, I was thinking of the the same kind of thing, even like the ball thing yeah. and the like animatronic dinosaurs, couldn't they? Yeah, you just ride along in the ball. Yeah. And that would be a, a, a nice little ride that I could go on without fear of dying. <laughs> so I'd certainly, I'd certainly uh, be up for that. Definitely. We did a we did a poll on um, on our Twitter feed for people to vote for their favourite Jurassic Park sequel. I purposely didn't put the first one in the poll because I knew that that would just win it hands down. Um, but Jurassic World won by by quite a huge margin out of two, three or four, which doesn't really surprise me. Me either. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that um, three tied with two, because uh, I think I'm the only fan of three. I actually really enjoyed it, but uh, I didn't so much enjoy the second one. I can't really remember them, so... Yeah, yeah. The second one, uh, I think it was, I was so looking forward to the second one after the first one that it was always going to fail in my eyes. It was never going to be as good. So the first one I liked, but it, it got uh, slated. So oh. who knows? But definitely, it's very rare that you get a film where the fourth one is considered up there with the first one. Yeah, definitely. It probably is more or less on a par with the first film. Yeah, it's very good. Lovely. Do you have anything more to add? I don't, no, I don't think so. I think I think we've exhausted it. To be honest, <laughs> I think we've gone a little bit too long. If anything, <laughs> if anyone's still listening, I mean, good on you. 
dedication. That is dedication, or they've just fallen asleep and the podcast is still... <laughs> and it's been just like, woken back up and they're like, oh, had about an hour and a half nap there. Wonderful. I often fall asleep with podcasts still playing and then and then you just suddenly wake up and, and you think there's someone in your room and then you realise actually it's just a podcast. And it's especially scary if you fall asleep to um, the Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant and, and Carl Pilkington podcast because if you wake up to Ricky Gervais's laugh, it's actually quite terrifying. <laughs> You've been in a deep sleep and that's the thing that wakes you up. Um, so, yeah, apologies if, if we made you uh, sleep, but I hope it was a good one and that you feel rested and ready to continue your day. So thank you very much for joining us. Please do come and find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films and uh, give us your thoughts. Um, comment. All nice, please. We don't want to see anything negative. We want to live in a bubble, if you don't mind. Yeah. We're like Mariah uh, Carey. Yes. Holly would like to, to live like uh, Mariah Carey, where I just protect her from anything, hence why I run the Twitter feed. So she ne- she will never see anything negative. I just won't allow it to happen. Delete it before I see it. <laughs> she can't see anything remotely negative. <laughs> Highly unlikely anyone would say anything negative about this. Especially the level of detail. <laughs> very, very good. Um, yes, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.